You are listening to You Heard It Here Second, episode 16. The podcast is produced every Monday night and airs every Tuesday morning. More information can be found on our website, derekandsteve.com. If you're not, and you still want to play along, don't Google it. That would really be a boring way to do this game. Derek and Steve present... Now, I hate NASCAR. I hate it. I think it's stupid, it's too long, it's whatever. Hashtag Daytona Day. <laughs> if you had to go out there for 10 minutes and do something to entertain uh, Greg, a I podcast, no clue what I would, would you do. go out there and podcast? Maybe I'd go out there and podcast, That's yeah. bad. That's, no, that'd be terrible. You and the day the after Easter, we'll have a beer and uh, ice cream party, <laughs> and it'll be the best party anyone's that, ever that been That'll actually be a great party, so. You heard it here second. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Party is still rocking for that Easter uh, Monday party of beer and ice cream. It is episode 16 of You Heard It Here Second. I'm Derek. This is Steve. Steve, how was your Easter? Oh, how's my Easter? My Easter was spectacular, Derek. Thank you for asking. How was your Easter? It was spectacular as well. Great I had, weekend. I had my first beer uh, from 40 days ago, Yep, and it was... A beer. It was a beer. You it was had definitely a, just what, a beer. What, what kind of beer was your first? My first beer uh, was a Miller Light in a bottle. Light. Wow. Yeah. I just went straight for my dad's. Stash. Went for the first one you had. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my first was a uh, Sierra Nevada beer camp, which we just had another one recently because that's what we said we were going to do. We were going to have beers and ice creams and everything for the first podcast after Lent, which is tonight. Tonight, so. this is it. This is the beer and ice cream party. So, what'd you think? How hard was it? How? What, what's your overall, overall thoughts of, of thoughts. Lent? Uh, and I told a lot of people this. It it didn't have the effect that I wanted it to have. Um, it was <laughs> definitely still hard to do, um, which is the point. The point's not to do something healthy or not to do something like to better yourself. It's actually to do something hard. Sacrifice. To yeah. make a sacrifice. So in that regard, it worked. It was definitely very difficult. There were times when all I wanted was a beer. <laughs> um, we were at the baseball game Saturday night, and I was like, I'm at a baseball game, and I, I have to order a cider. I feel like an idiot. <laughs> uh, but... Overall, it did not have the effect that I thought it was going to have. I, we ended up drinking more um, or just kind of beer is kind of a taper off type drink. Like if you yes. need to slow down, you order big beer and barely drink it. Right. Um, if you're out going like going out there is for no a wedding or for beer, there's no slowing down. You're, <laughs> you're ordering drinking beer. You're ordering whiskey or wine, which is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that regard, definitely didn't drink less, um, but it definitely was very difficult finally can drink beer again and i found myself not really wanting that many on easter i was like yeah yeah one or two and i was like i, I don't really want any beer yeah so and so i agree with the entire assessment i think it didn't have the taper off effect that you might have expected really like you said is the slowing down part there's no slowing down if you're not drinking beer i mean yeah. i mean there, there's no beer is the lowest alcohol content alcohol essentially that you can get i mean there's ciders there's like you know, I guess there's some other things out there, but beer is generally the most casual. You know, so I think that's where you see the the impact the most. Uh, the ice cream wasn't as tough for me as I thought it would be. Uh, there were a couple times when I really wish I had some ice cream, but in general, I was able to wait it out. I had some ice cream last night yes. uh, while watching a movie that we'll discuss later. So I still uh, haven't had any ice cream. I do not. Yeah, feel you, the need. ice cream was not a big factor for you. I think no. ice cream was a throw-in factor when I when I added it on for me. You yeah. decided to also take on the challenge, but. Um, so there you go. Easter, uh, Easter Sunday is come and gone, and Lent is gone for this Lent year. Lent is over. So if any of you want to share a beer with us, or buy us beer, or meet meet us out, yep. um, beers or, on us. Or buy us all the beers that we missed during those forty days. You can yeah. do that too, and uh, we can all have fun. So, so, so buy Derek like four beers. Yeah, like like at least four, four and total. A half. Yeah. 
Um, so that is the opening kickoff, and now uh, we'll quickly run down uh, a heavy sports show today. We have a lot of sports topics. A lot of sport, a lot of good sports topics. Good sports no filler. Topics. No, no filler. filler. Yeah, I, I think a couple episodes ago we kind of were dragging through sports because there was beginning of March Madness, and that was it. Well, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Uh, so we're going to put sports in the third period again, and we'll do a couple of quick topics in the first and second period. So uh, without delaying any further, we'll jump into trivia in the first period. Mm-hmm. So uh, as you guys know, here are the rules. It's a clue at a time. You can pause it if you want to try to think about it. Uh, this time there are going to be four clues. I definitely think that you'll be getting this one. I think by the end of the third clue, you should have it, in my opinion. Um and so here we go. Here's the first clue. Uh, this person was born on September 8th, 1941 in Brooklyn, New York, which makes them 74 years old to their parents, Elias and Dorothy. So 74 years old. We're going, we're going old this we're time. We're going right? back. We're going back. Uh, September 8th, 1941, Brooklyn, New York, 74 years old. Second clue. Uh, he studied at Brooklyn College for one year before transferring to the University of Chicago where he was very active in the civil rights movement as a student organizer, um, and he also read a, a rally, led a rally protesting against one of the university's segregated housing policies. So studied at Brooklyn College before transferring to University of Chicago, um, civil rights activist, um, student or- organizer, uh, leading rallies against segregated housing. All right, so clue number three. He later became a professor at, of religion at the University of Vermont, and made his move into politics by becoming the mayor of Burlington, Vermont. So kind of trending towards towards the answer, I hope. (laughs) Um, Last clue. He is currently a United States senator from Vermont and is a Democratic candidate for the 2016 presidential election. His name is Bernard Bernie Sanders. Correct. Uh, So feel the burn. So feel the burn, Bernie Sanders. We did a Trump one. No, we did a Bernie one. Yep. Did we do a Hillary one? We did I don't not think. do a Hillary one. No, um, um, but we're sometimes surprising you with yeah, relevant people. Exactly. We're trying. We're trying to be a little bit oscillating on the relevance scale. You know, we don't want to some, sometimes be relevant, sometimes be completely random. Uh, we've had a few completely random ones recently. So uh, this one a little more relevant. Uh, Bernie Sanders, the answer to first period trivia. So uh, that brings us to the second period, which will consist of two components. We'll have a very a uh, unique interview with someone who is a highly sought after opinion uh, mm-hmm. coming up a little later especially in, in, in the topic. second period especially, especially in the topic exactly exactly uh, but first we'll do a quick movie review because as we said this is you heard it here second we go over stuff that is not new and not uh, breaking or anything like that so you've definitely heard of this stuff before but it's, but it's not, our opinion yeah and it's not you heard it here third or fourth it's right. you heard it here second, second so it's pretty relatively new you've right. definitely probably seen the movie or at least heard about or it or at least heard about once. it once and so we're going to review it. We'll Derek, review hit him. So the movie review today is The Martian. This is the movie that I watched last night that I was referring to earlier. Ate some ice cream, drank some beer, and watched The Martian. So a uh, nice little Sunday, Easter Sunday, uh, before going back to work. So The Martian. Uh, Steve, I think you and Murph talked about this on a previous podcast briefly. Correct. We talked about The Martian when we talked about our Oscar previews. Yes. Um, and so we'll start on that topic because I think that now that I've seen it, I can agree that it doesn't classify as a comedy. I think that it's it's not right that it won comedy awards, but I think I can see the reason why it happened, and that's because, A, there's definitely some laugh-out-loud moments. I mean, Matt Damon has some very funny lines. Yeah. There's some very good humor sprinkled in, not just Matt Damon, but in general with a lot of the storyline. And I think the reason it gets away with it is because what I found is that it was much more lighthearted than I saw it unfolding as. 
um, the biggest thing for me is that usually something goes catastrophically wrong in a movie like that. Yes. Somewhere along the line where you really have some heart-sinking moment, and then in the end it's all okay, but there's at least something that really was, was terribly sad or, or, de- or depressing. doesn't happen in The Martian. Yeah, and I didn't catch this before you said it today, um, but oh, should we do spoiler alert? Yeah, I guess, spoiler I, I, I guess alert. I spoiled a little bit. but um, Skip it a bit, but... Nobody dies in this movie, right? Um, which is very interesting for, you're right, a, a space movie where there's hundreds of billions of dollars at risk and multiple extremely dangerous scenarios, yeah. um, and everyone just kind of survives. <laughs> I mean, Matt Damon's excellent. He's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and it's, I will say this, it, it does give him a good uh, platform to just act. It's yeah. just him and a camera for a lot of the movie, mm-hmm. and he, it's, he still makes it seem... Very personable, oh, very yeah. relatable. Um, that for that reason, I think it it got some awards. But as a movie, I mean, does it compare to the other space movies? Like, no. I mean, no, Apollo no. thirteen, e- um, even the newer ones like uh, um, Gravity, Gravity, and Interstellar. I think both of those had much, much, much more impressive space, you know, cinematography yeah. and, and shots and things like that. So no, I don't think it compares to those. I think it was a very, you know. I think our roommate Rob described it a little while ago as being a great Sunday movie. I think it's yes. a movie that's going to be on TV uh, in a couple of years when it's you know once it's out of the. It I won't think be it on. It's not an HBO movie. It's like a TBS movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It'll be rerun on TV. It's it's again. It, it doesn't have that heaviness with it. it, it nobody. There's no depressing storyline or anything. It's just kind of, you know, there, things go wrong, but never to the point of of making it a real tough watch. It, it's a very easy watch of a movie. It's it keeps your attention. It's super unrealistic. It's very very unrealistic. It's, it's for for a space movie that they try to cover a lot to make it realistic. It's very unrealistic. Yeah, I, I think the only times they they try to stay on the realistic side is with him like rationing out his food and things like that. Yeah, everything but even that's then, with, yeah even that it's like you, you kind of just have to suspend your disbelief and say okay. You know, he he figured out how to do this or that. <laughs> so and, it's it's definitely not based on a true story. Right. They never had right. to rescue a man from <laughs> Mars who's been who's had been surviving there for a few years. Right. Exactly. Or however long it was. But what is the bottom line? What do you give it on Steve Nicholas Avocados? So Steve Nicholas Avocados, I'm gonna say seventy eight percent Steve Nicholas Avocados. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, and uh, we've disagreed on this part of it. So we'll discuss mm, that yeah. very briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, not certified guac. 78% right. is not certified guac in my book. Right. So for Derek Dragonfruits, this one gets an 81%. Uh, just a little bit higher than Steve's, but uh, it is certified pitaya colada. So that is the... Stupid. The new, <laughs> so, so here's the explanation of that. First of all, tentatively, 80 or above is going to be certified for me. However... Not for me. Steve doesn't agree with that. And, and I have the right to change that because... Uh, if we're going full disclosure here, I wanted to use the new certified phrase because we had some people uh, give us some ideas, uh, specifically Amy and Brett, two of our listeners who chipped in with the uh, Pattaya uh, advice. Which is uh, a, like it, I like changing it an avocado to guacamole, making it just that That's much better. The, Boom, love the it. Equivalent for the dragon equivalent fruits. of dragon fruits to whatever Pattaya colada and is. You can, pattaya is some sort of a, of a mixture that is made from dragon fruit. And a colada, we know what a colada is. It's like a you know, Dunkin' Donuts colada. So, no, um, colada, like a like an <laughs> icy similar, drink? Similar, yeah, yeah, similar. That's what, I, that's what my Pattaya colada is. And so that's what I am talking about. When I say certified pitaya colada, all right. So you just so, you sold out to to so use the name. I, I sold out once to to introduce the name. I will no longer do that. But for now, 
I'm still it's still ranked high enough that it wasn't a total sellout. I think 81 is still is still pretty good. Okay, my, mine are, mine certified guac is going to be above 90 because my right. guac is good. Right, Derek's pitaya coladas we're, are probably we're, we're selling new product. You got to get it on the market first, and then then you can kind of do your you can be a little more picky after it's out okay. there. So. so overall, watchable movie. Definitely watch it. It's an Oscar nominated movie. Well acted, well written. Not realistic, but a fun watch. All right, and now we're joined by a very special and unique guest who has tried the Burger King hot dogs. We have not met anyone yet who's done this. We bring on Rob Raimundo, our first guest who's done this. Rob, thank you so much. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, first off, I'd like to wish you a happy Easter. All right. Yes, you too. Um, yeah, so let's get into it. All right, it. let's get it kicked off. So, Rob, obviously the reason you're on today is to talk about wieners. Uh, we know you're very uh, adept at talking about wieners. You do it all the time. Yep. But yep. this time... We're talking Burger King grilled dogs. Um, so obviously we have to start out. You're the only person we've ever met or heard of who have tried them besides the weirdos on the commercials. Yep. Um, first question, it's got to start with taste. Give us the taste. So as Steve pointed out, pretty big hot dog enthusiast. Um, <laughs> you know, I like to get a hot dog whenever I can. You know, they're a nice treat. Um, so I consider myself to be a bit of an expert on the subject. Taste was... Very average. Definitely nothing exciting. Full disclosure, to get the full uh, hot dog experience from Burger King, I got it fully loaded. Okay. okay. So I right. went ketchup, mustard, relish, and chopped onions. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, real. I got the deluxe. I treated myself. <laughs> um, taste, though, just just okay. Uh, it didn't really blow me out of the water. Just kind of your standard hot dog. I didn't think it was anything better than you know, a hot dog I could have mm. made here in a pot of boiling water. <laughs> a little disappointing. So second topic, price value. So it doesn't sound like we're going in the right direction here if it wasn't that good of a tasting hot dog. How much was it? How much was it and is it, is it worth it? I believe it was two twenty five. Wow. I want to say it was, over two, it was over $2, which for a hot dog you're not buying inside of a baseball stadium is pretty steep. I'm pretty sure you go to like one of those like hot dog truck guys and get like a three for five deal. Yeah, and they toss in like a soda and a bag of chips. So price price but, value just definitely not there. But that's and fully loaded, correct? Yeah, but the toppings don't cost anything extra. <laughs> oh, so I was no. I actually wasn't really treating myself. <laughs> oh no, uh, you can get a chili version, but I chili and Burger King doesn't seem like a smart combo. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I shied away from but, that. But but hot dogs and Burger King sound great. <laughs> uh, okay, so la- well, yeah, another, it's, yeah, it's in the name. Burger another King. another obvious rating um, that we have to ask when talking about hot dogs is mouthfeel. Give us the mouthfeel. Was it limp? Was it rubbery? Was it stiff? Give us the, uh, yeah. give us the <laughs> description you know, of the wiener. Nothing with the mouthfeel really stood out. Um, thinking about it, I remember thinking it was a little soggy. Some of the some Ooh. of the breading was a little soggy. Ooh. I think that was because I uh, I didn't eat it in the parking lot. I probably should have just pulled over and <laughs> yeah. just chomped down right away. I went through the drive through and then drove back to my house. So that was probably another. I want I don't know. I want to say like ten minutes. I caught like a few red lights. Okay. So I think some of the condiments had time to seep in. So it was a little a little too soft in some areas i think definitely not the firmness you're looking for in a quality hot dog that's true so not scoring too well so far so all right i know normally you might use a few more words than one to describe a wiener but describe this dog in one word uh from your burger king hot dog experience mediocre mediocre shockingly mediocre (laughs) if i could use two words (laughs) we'll give you two that's that's a very good so given given that uh not so glowing uh review 
would you recommend it, even for just a first time try, just for the novelty of trying a Burger King hot dog? Yeah, I, I think considering that we live, you know, kind of an area where there aren't a ton of fast food restaurants nearby. If you happen upon a Burger King, I think you owe it to yourself to try it, especially if you're a fan of hot dogs like myself. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd say you should try it, see what's out there, make your own judgment, um, and go from there. And they got those snap filters, too. They're begging you to try it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if... if I mean, Derek, you spent twenty dollars on a snap filter. <laughs> I'm gonna spend two dollars and get a hot dog so I can take a picture with the snap filter. Yes, like, that's yeah. a no. That's a no brainer. Get our priorities straight. I will yeah. say that's what prompted this uh, review is that you sent the this is the hot dog face yes. filter and it was getting ready for a hot dog. You were definitely about to take a wiener. Yeah, I was fired up for it. I was gonna take that <laughs> wiener right in my face. <laughs> yes. Well, okay. So, any last thoughts? I know you said um, you wouldn't re- recommend it unless it's like a novelty try. I guess. Um, mediocre, but any last thoughts on the Burger King grilled dog? Yeah, it was way too small. The wiener was tiny. It was really <laughs> like enveloped by the bun. Way too much bun, not enough hot dog. Mm. Okay, which is a, which is not the ratio you want. Yeah. If anything, you want more dog to bun, and this definitely had more bun to dog, gotcha. which you don't want to see. Very disappointing. Little wieners. Yeah, little wieners. That's <laughs> Unless it's a pig in a blanket, it's that's not what you want. That's true. So there you have it. Burger King should stick to the burgers and not the dogs. Well, let's give it, Rob. I don't know if you have a uh, Bobby's blueberries or Robbie's raspberries, but let's hear your uh, rating. Got fifty three. Wow, fifty three. Not certified. Very, 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 very shockingly, shockingly, shockingly mediocre. Just. and that's not and for dogs, that's not what you want. Not you at all. can't like an average dog is basically a bad dog. Yeah, I, I mean it's and the thing too is it's not hard to make a good hot dog. I don't know, maybe we're spoiled at like the tailgates because we got Derek on the grill and he just does such a good job. <laughs> Shout out to Murph too, but I mean it's <laughs> just kinda like I just it just wasn't good. Yeah. So there you have it. They also gave, gave it to me in a separate bag, which was weird. So I, I got a few other treats while I was there, and I had two <laughs> bags. Then like walked to my house. My mom thought I was just, like complete psycho. <laughs> but like two bags worth of food from Burger King. Went back to Burger King. <laughs> She's like, "What are you doing?" I was just like, "Well, I got to try the grilled dog." So <laughs> grilled dog protocol. They're pu- they're really pushing it. Yeah. They I, do I think package it well. Comes in like its own like little uh, had like a one of those like paper like. I don't know how Container to things. Yeah, conti- you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Which was good because then once I mucked my dog, I was able to pour my fries in there. Nice. So that was kind of right. nice. So it might be worth it if you're like in a tricky eating position. You get the hot dog basically yeah. buying for the fry container. If you're eating it in the parking lot like you should have. Yeah, strategy. Right. right. It's all yeah. about strategy yeah. at that point. Right. All well, right. So there it is. Thank you, Rob, for the review of the hot dog. And next time Burger King comes out with an outlandish idea, we're going to have to send you over and try it out and... Get another review on it. I'll be the first in line. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. See you, Rob. Thanks, guys. It's good to have a uh, resident wiener expert. That's for sure. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, not many shows can say they have it, and we do. Yeah. So Rob's first on the scene. It's it's separating us from the other podcasts in the market. Wiener news. So we have the wiener expert. So (laughs) that wraps up the second period, and that brings us to the third period, which is uh, a heavy dose of sports. Lots of sports topics to talk about. Good ones, though. Good good sports topics, for sure. So, 
Let's get right into it. March Madness is the first one. Love it. Uh, lots of stuff going on. Some pretty good basketball we're seeing, and we're down to the final four at this point. So Derek with uh, the hot take, starting off. Lots of stuff going on. <laughs> lots of stuff going on. Pretty good basketball. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. um, so three number ones fall in the Elite Eight. Uh, all So we, we talked last podcast about how the number ones, nothing was changing. Uh, yeah. Number ones were still winning, and, and nothing was changing from what we thought. It, you know, chalk always happens. Yeah. Um, but three number ones fall in the Elite Eight, which is pretty high number considering all four had made it to that point. Mm-hmm. The only one to survive is UNC. What did you make of the three number ones, Oregon, Virginia, and... Um, Kansas. Kansas. Uh, falling in the Elite Eight. What are your, what are your thoughts? Um, honestly, my thoughts are the same as they would have been if they won. Sim- they lost to twos, which, I mean, one of them lost yeah. to a 10. Was it a two, two to a 10? Virginia lost to Virginia Syracuse. Virginia lost to Syracuse, yeah. Yeah, so that's a one seed going down. Um, right. So that's the story, I think. I mean, twos make it all the time. Like, yeah, two, yeah. Like, and especially ones. this year when there was so much up in there the air. Like, strong twos, too. Ones and twos can be interchanged this year for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Kansas going down, I think, is big. Mm-hmm. Um, that was huge. But other than that, the big story is obviously Syracuse. Um, cool, the first um, 10 seed to ever make the Final Four. Still, it doesn't feel that crazy it doesn't yeah. feel like they, a cinderella team kind of had an easier path there i mean i mean there was a lot of upsets in that region i mean they beat an 11 seed <laughs> i mean yeah. they were the favorite to, in, in the previous round didn't, matchup, have, so. didn't have to play michigan state right um so it ended up being not the big crazy cinderella story that a 10 usually would be making the right. final four because it's syracuse i mean they're a good school um it's good to see after all the the bad years that syracuse has had in the past few years especially with the jim uh Beheim thing but um, I actually listened to an interview with him today. Um, obviously, he was talking about their run and, right, and ha- right. how they're going to handle the next few rounds. Um, and he was an excellent speaker. I mean, I, you expect them to be because they're mm-hmm. they're charismatic coaches of college students. But I would listen to him talk all day about mm-hmm. basketball. It, it was excellent. So I think, I mean, you know me, I I I, I root for the number ones just to yeah, win all the time because right, right. I think that anyone can win thing is stupid, but. <laughs> I like Syracuse. I, yeah. I, I like them as a team. I still don't think they'll win it, but it's a, definitely a good story. They're close enough now. I mean, so, so Syracuse will go up against UNC, so that'll be an interesting matchup. Uh, definitely a good story for Syracuse to get there, repping the ACC, uh, do, yeah. doing a good job there. Um, I think on the other side of the bracket, the big story, uh, you know, it's tough to pick one of the two stories. I think Villanova not choking is kind of the big story. <laughs> Villanova always chokes at this stage yeah. in the tournament or earlier. Uh, and they find a way to beat the consensus number one team in Kansas, who was very impressive throughout. People were already looking forward to the Kansas versus Oklahoma matchup, and Villanova comes out of nowhere and they shut them up, and 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 they're going on to the Final Four. Um, I will say I think that uh, I'm going to stick strong with my original pick of Oklahoma to win it all, uh, mainly because they still have a shot. So I'm I'm just going to stick with it. But watching Oklahoma. You gotta, you gotta just love Buddy Heald. You gotta love, love watching I mean, kids like this. You I mean, started out. I will give this to you. You said this right up front. You have Oklahoma winning, obviously. Yeah. Um, the Buddy Heald, because there's a few people you could pick. Um, yeah. There's a few studs like he, the Michigan Val- State, the Valentine yeah, kids from Valentine, Michigan State. You right. could have said, "Wow, he's gonna go all the way too." They sputtered out, and you called Buddy Heald. So I'll give yeah. you that one. Um, but he is really fun to watch. Yeah. Two fun teams. The Villanova's fun too. Yeah, exactly. They've got that Archie kid. Yeah, um, he is fun. I mean, yeah. they're it's just good yeah. basketball. And the thing is. All these teams are relying on the three now. It's just mm-hmm. like everyone's obsessed mm-hmm. with threes except UNC, right. which is why I think UNC will probably pull it out. I mean, they right. have good, solid big men. Um, they score in the paint. I think from this, uh, it, obviously it's easy to say you got a 25% chance, but yeah. I'm, I'm picking UNC to win it all from here. Yeah, I think UNC is the most well-rounded team. I, th- I think that Oklahoma, 
you know, from what I've seen, and again, I can't sit here and pretend that I've watched these teams all season. I've watched them yeah. a couple times, but uh, and a couple times in the last week and a half. I mean, but uh, you know, I, basically the way I'm looking at it right now, I, I think that it's going to be Oklahoma versus UNC, and I tend to agree with you that UNC is the best overall team. I think it comes down to whether Oklahoma gets hot or not. If Oklahoma, the way that Oklahoma was on fire shooting the ball against Oregon, no team in the country would beat them if yeah. they're shooting the ball like that. Buddy Heald is has been the Steph Curry of the college basketball world. And the I nickname, mean, do you hear his nickname? No. Buddy Buckets. Buddy Buckets. I yeah, like it. It's not bad. I like it. I'll, Buckets is kind of overused in the basketball world, but um, but, buddy but it, works but it great. applies. It, it yeah. works great with Buddy. Um, I did see or a comparison. Bu- buddy Buckteeth. <laughs> that, that works too. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I did see a comparison between Buddy and, uh, and Steph Curry in his senior season at Davidson, and a lot of the stats are very similar. Uh, he's playing a very similar type of game, to be honest. He's shooting from anywhere. He's making it. Uh, he, he also is a very underrated you know, uh, driver to the basket. He, his range, much like Steph, is opening up lanes to the basket for him. Mm-hmm. So I think it all comes down to whether or not Oklahoma's going to be able to hit their shots. You know, If Oklahoma keeps hitting the shots they've been hitting, they're going to win it all. But UNC is a team that can stop them, I think. So not to write off Syracuse and Villanova, also great teams that have made great runs so far, but... For me, I've been too impressed by what I've seen from Oklahoma and UNC to pick against them at this stage. Uh, I think so. I'm, I'm going to go with those who, two. Who are you rooting for? Oklahoma. I'm rooting for Oklahoma. I think I'm rooting yeah. for Oklahoma too. I think it's I think it's going to be Oklahoma UNC. Yeah. I would like it to be Oklahoma, mm-hmm. Syracuse, Oklahoma win. Yeah, I, I mean, I, again, I, I'm rooting for them for two reasons. One, because I picked them in the beginning, so there's always that thing of you just like to have picked the correct winner. Yeah. I also just really th- I think they're fun to watch, and I've I've been a big Buddy Heald fan all year. We we talked about this a couple times. Again, we watched virtually no college basketball this year. Almost negative. But in passing, we somehow saw Buddy Heald, I think, win two regular season games. Yeah, just like flipping through the channels like, oh, two seconds left. Whoa, game winner. This kid misses no shots. And and uh, and then, obviously, he's been all over the news. His draft stock's been rising. I I just think that, for me, and this will be the last thing before we move on to the next topic, but for me, one of my favorite parts about, about Buddy Heald and his story is that he is an example of some of someone that I wish happened more often in college basketball, staying from freshman year through senior year and improving and improving greatly. Markedly, this is yeah. a this is a kid that as a freshman shot twenty eight percent, I think, from downtown. That's I mean that's terrible shooting threes if you're going to try to go to the NBA and be like a superstar. He shot under thirty percent from three in his freshman year, and he steadily increased to shoot almost fifty percent from beyond the arc. For most of the year, he was shooting over fifty percent. It's ridiculous, and I think that. It's something that a lot of these players can learn from in that this is a kid that, you know, even after his junior year, maybe would have been good enough to go out and, and, and get drafted late in the first round, maybe second sit, round. Sit in a D-League Sit in a D-League and not develop. Just just go through college, get your degree, continue to play, and you're going to be a much better player. The, the fact that anybody is criticizing Buddy Heald right now, and, and I've seen mock drafts criticize Buddy because he's too old compared to some of these other young kids. Yeah. The, I mean, this kid's 22 years old. He can have a... He can have a 17-year NBA career. <laughs> like, yeah. like wh- how in, in the world is that a detriment that this kid's 22? In fact, yeah. I would take the kid that's 22 over the kid that's 19 right now. You know, three years of upside versus the maturity to go in and help a team win now in the NBA. Yeah. You and know, size, you're still growing between 19 yeah, and 22. Exactly. And, and there's a lot of uncertainty there, whether you grow into your body, whether you... You know this kid like Brandon Ingram, uh, Brandon Ingram for uh, Duke. It's like this—he's tall, lanky he, kid. Yeah, he's very, very skinny. Is he going to build his body out? If he doesn't, what's he going to do in the NBA? So, I think when you get a kid that's 22 like that, who's matured through college, he's, he's gotten better. You, he, he's identified what he needs to get better at. I think it's—I'd like to see more of it in college basketball. So that's another reason I'm rooting for Oklahoma. Cool. So. All right. Well, moving on to the next topic. Um, 
Bruce Arians made some comments on parents who don't let their kids play football. Yeah. Um, I'll let you talk about it, and then we'll give a quick opinion. Yeah, so so obviously the concussion story is raging you know, throughout the past couple of years in football with a lot of these uh, stories coming out and research studies coming out about CTE and, and the impact that these concussions have on the brain. And so obviously you guys don't need to be told this. A lot of parents are keeping their kids out of football now and even other sports too, like hockey. Um, because of these concerns. And so Bruce Arians last week made a few waves, and, and some say he may have crossed a few um, lines. Head coach for the Cardinals. Head coach for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Um, may have crossed a few lines when essentially, and I'll paraphrase, he said that uh, parents are fools for keeping their kids out of playing football for these reasons. Uh, he cited some study that I don't believe is accurate where he said that uh, boys and girls soccer players of the same age are more likely to get concussions than football players. I, I, I don't think that's an accurate study, but he, he mentioned it in his comment. Um, and, and just in general, he said that, you know, parents were fools for keeping their kids out and that football teaches valuable lessons that no other sport teaches for getting through life and, and, you know, you know, facing adversity and things like that. So I guess, what do you think about his comments and what do you think about this whole situation? 100% biased. <laughs> I love these comments. I love them. It is like, it's the way I feel. Cause I, I grew up playing football. I played football from second grade all through high school. It's my favorite sport. Mm-hmm. I agree that. It teaches you things that, mm-hmm. that you can't learn in sports, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I would never say that out loud. I would never say the, the like, soccer players get more... Because it's so <laughs> American to say, like, well, <laughs> soccer's stupid, <laughs> you know? Because that's the yeah. argument. It's yeah. more kids are playing soccer, and he's getting nervous because he's a football player, mm-hmm. and he's like, soccer's dumb. Mm-hmm. Football's the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love it. I mean, I'm, I'm a football <laughs> player. Um, I wish I could know where these studies come from. Yeah. Um, I played football for my whole life, and I have... Very little Dane Bramage. Yeah. <laughs> Very little Dane Bramage. So, I mean, overall, like I said, the comments mean nothing. It, it, yeah, it's... Your parents are going to make your decisions, how you make your decisions. Um, and Bruce Arians is kind of just dumb for stepping into the... For yeah, weighing in. Why get involved? Yeah, why get involved? I mean, you're a head coach for a football team, but yeah. just coach the players yeah. that show up. Yeah. You know, uh, you know I, I think that the comments are... They incite, you know, some reaction, obviously. Um as far, so I didn't play football growing up. I played other sports, obviously played hockey and baseball and, uh, you know, basketball. But, uh, I think my stance on this, um, and you know, he can say what he wants And I agree that a hundred percent that football teaches lessons. I think all sports teach lessons. Except soccer. Um, <laughs> um you know, I, I think that I will say that I don't think that parents should be keeping their kids out of sports altogether because of the concussion problems. Um, I guess my take on it is that I think, and and we don't want to make this into too big of a discussion on the concussion topic, but yeah. I think that it is a little bit overblown. And I know these studies do have it's a, some pretty... It's a very scare tactic driven It, it is, it is. Conversation. And these studies have very, very alarming findings. And, and, and I don't question any of their findings. But one thing that I will point to and make sure people are aware of is that all of, pretty much all of these major cases of people having very bad issues in life and, you know, people who have had suicidal thoughts and, and bad bad uh, long-term effects from CTE and, and other, you know, effects of this, of the brain trauma is that all of these guys played in the NFL. I mean, where it's really, their job. really hard hitting NFL. Yeah. Or it's their job to basically and, do this every day. Yeah, like and so every the, single the, day. The question becomes, so like I, I know they all, recently, Junior Seau was one of the more recent cases of it a, a mm-hmm. few years ago. And people will always cite Junior Seau after his career and he was very young and it's very tragic. But you have to ask yourself, is that from him playing youth football? Or is that from him lining up for 17 years as an NFL linebacker yeah. and tackling and tackling Jerome head Bettis. first? Yeah. yeah, and so and so that's the thing is that um, from both sides of this argument, I just 
I personally don't think it has as big of an effect as everyone else does because I think on the parent side of it, I understand the slippery slope that you don't want your kid to, you know, maybe you agree that your kid's not going to get long-term brain damage from playing Pop Warner, but then you're afraid that he's going to continue to like it, continue to like it, and then play college football, and, you know, it, you know, it, it goes on and on from there. And that, at that point, you are taking some pretty hard hits. I understand that. But when you look at the big picture, uh, they, they said this stat on the radio today, 0.09% of high school athletes make it to the NFL. And among them, only about 1% of them end up playing more than a year in the NFL yeah. because the average NFL career is about two years and, and most of these people get cut. So when you look at the astronomically low percentage that your child is going to go to the NFL, there is A, the fact that they're probably not going to be taking those severe, severe hits that all that the news is dominated by mm-hmm. with these concussion studies. And then on the other side of it, there are the people for the sport that are concerned that the, that the lowering participation is going to kill football. I'll repeat that's that 0.09% of high school athletes make it to the NFL. Yeah. So if you took out half of the high school football players from the war, the the from America, all yeah. over America, then that percentage now is going to come down to 0.05 or 0.04. <laughs> is that going to affect the NFL product that goes on the field? No. No, it, it definitely will not. And so th- so to me I think that it's overblown on all sides, I think. It's Yeah. It's just know, honestly and this sounds terrible because obviously it's a it's a big topic it's important because people's health but it's the hot topic yeah, right now the, a lot of people are, are the nfl's the league to pin to pinpoint yeah. right now mm-hmm. a lot of things have been going poorly right. off the field right. so this is add this to the pile mm-hmm. um and so it's easy ammunition but this is one of those things that that ebbs and flows yeah. like it, it's kind of swinging back to baseball and base at least baseball's trying to bring it back to them because mm-hmm. they're so boring they're like <laughs> oh is the is it too traditional, or can we flare it up a bit? And everyone's like, "This is stupid. Yeah. Like, let's talk about concussions again." Yeah. So, I I don't think football will ever die. Obviously, yeah. Um, but I agree with you. I think yeah. it's overblown on both sides. I, I will say, last thing is that the real issue is tackling. You have to teach. You have to teach people how to tackle because yeah. yeah. because fundamentals and tackling are the reason that these and, concussions and are happening. Obviously, it's a it's a big deal because of what's happened. But the the era that we are discussing, the people who have graduated and and are now experiencing these symptoms are the headhunting era of the NFL. Yeah, it's true. These, like, Junior Seau's... The, ja- the these, jacked-up segments on ESPN. Yeah, the John Lynch. The the, the highlight reels were just yeah. big hits. Right. Um, and I don't think it was like that 30, 40 it, years it, ago. Yeah, and in that regard, I will say that's where there's a concern. If kids have been growing up looking at those hits and those are the new generation coming in at the highest levels, that will have an impact. Because we watch NFL every Sunday and we say it to each other frequently... These defensive players don't even need their arms to tackle the way that they tackle nowadays. It's they bad. just launch into each other like missiles, and that's the problem. It's not, it's not little Johnny, you know, lacing up the pads as a nine-year-old down the street for, right. for youth football. Speaking of terrible health problems, RG three to the Browns. <laughs> Yikes! What do we think? Quick thoughts: Robert Griffin the third, the human injury, the human band-aid, <laughs> um, skin made of paper, bones made of glass to the Browns. I'm okay with it for the Browns' perspective. I'm okay with it from RG3's perspective. He needs another shot. He's got to take it. He needs more cash he, money. He needs more cash money. He's making those, about $5 million, I think. I was going to say, those Subway uh, sponsorships <laughs> are going to run out. Subway's tanking. He's yeah. tanking. He's got to latch gotta on do something. So, so, he, so he, I think it's a $5 million deal, deal approximately is what he'll be making. Hopefully, he invests that wisely because it one could year, be his last correct? shot. Yeah, I, th- I think one so. I, I'm verified that. Um, I'll say I like it for the Browns because the Browns, I believe, are still going to draft another quarterback highly because they committing just five million dollars to your starting quarterback is among the lowest in the league. You know, it's pretty standard for the position to pay around ten or more. You know, if you have a really good quarterback, you're paying him twenty million. So I think to pay RG three five million 
if they were to pick, I saw, I saw, I think Schefter or somebody tweeted this. If they were to pick, the Browns have the number two pick. Uh, Mariota last year was the number two pick, and his salary is about four and a half million. So yeah. you can assume it's going to be about the same between RG three and if they drafted someone there, it's ten million dollars. It's a manageable number. Yeah, I think that's what the Browns I mean, do, and one of those guys will be their quarterback, probably the guy they draft. <laughs> it's it stinks because it happened to be the Browns, but someone should give him a shot. Oh, someone should give RG three a shot because it's the Browns. It'll most likely backfire, and it'll go with the running joke that the Browns will never have a quarterback no matter how hard they try. Uh, but I think it's a decent move for the Browns. It's an easy, you're right, $5 million one year to a, a former Heisman winner. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not that difficult. And he had a very good season in the yeah. NFL. He's I mean, just fragile, which is a, which take, is unfortunate. Yeah. But you stay one year healthy. Take the injuries out of this. He was a very good quarterback at a point in time. So, yeah. Just like me. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, one thing, another quick topic i'll tell this a quick story this isn't on me um i went to the tampa bay rays pittsburgh Pirates spring training game in bradenton florida on saturday night um pretty regular game mckechnie field is beautiful um spent the whole first through ninth inning there i think in like the seventh inning or eighth inning an old man a 65 year old man hops the the rays dugout lands in for the rays dugout with two full beers and smashes them into the rays dugout and everyone starts freaking out because it's we thought it was a streaker or like a someone running on the field and it, he was really old so people started to go nuts because they thought it was funny then he starts yelling and throwing things and then gets tackled and carried off and everyone was really confused didn't know whether to cheer or boo um, very confusing I um, mean it came out that he was protesting the Rays recently uh, went to Cuba to play a baseball game so he was protesting somehow by throwing beer bottles at the players um, not any relevance to anything really that we're going to talk about but i thought it was an interesting story (laughs) um and i mean obviously i didn't know this but and i'm from florida that there's some backlash on people going to cuba Mm -hmm. and the embargo being lifted um but i thought it was an interesting play to throw beers that's not where i would go maybe write a letter or (laughs) or maybe like call up the the hr call someone organization call someone who is responsible for that as opposed to throwing beers at the players (laughs) yeah um so if your work sends you on a work trip derek Mm -hmm. Like, if you go to... Where'd you go? It was... Uh, Portugal. Portugal. You went to Portugal. Yeah. And I didn't like Portugal very much, so when you come home, I'm going to throw beer bottles at you. <laughs> like, that's the same idea. Because it was me who who, who started those relations Cause, with Portugal. Because your boss said, go to Portugal, so you went, and that bugged me. That that pissed me off. It's so a I, perfect comparison to what this guy did. Yeah. And so that kind of gives you a perspective on how outlandish that is. So, uh, cool that you were there. Cool hashtag, to witness that. Hashtag Florida man. <laughs> So uh, next topic, we have LeBron James, the drama queen of professional sports. Uh, so recently, LeBron unfollowed the Cavs on Twitter as part of his yearly uh, detachment from social media that he does, where he gets off all social media because focus he's, he's on focused sports. on the playoffs. Um, the day after he does that, he announces that he is joining Snapchat so that you can follow all of his playoff uh, activity on Snapchat. <laughs> So what are right. your thoughts? My thoughts on this are you're just a LeBron hater, first of all. So this is this shouldn't even we shouldn't even be talking about this. Um he people could do whatever they want on social media, I don't care. Someone is definitely controlling the Snapchat for him. He's yes. he he's just said sure, like take pictures of me, I don't care. Um we'll see how active he is in Snapchat. If it's big, we'll see, then yeah. he's kind of a hypocrite, but who cares, man? Not me. Not me. No, you care. I don't you care. want you wanted everyone to know that LeBron you're like Oh, look oh, at this LeBron. Oh, certainly, LeBron. certainly, certainly. I, I care that people know that LeBron's a fraud, but I don't care that, about his Snapchat. LeBron, sorry, he's the best player in basketball, so. <laughs> no. After Steph Curry. <laughs> so uh, that's all we have on LeBron. Just a quick little nugget there. So BC, Boston College, headed to the Frozen Four in Tampa Bay. 
Love it. Uh, we went, well, I went to the last one, yep. uh, myself and Nate Sanders and a few of my family members. The last and, time it was in Tampa. Last time it was yeah. in Tampa. That was junior years, four, three years ago, four years ago. Um, and either way, brilliant. It was so well put together. Um, Tampa knew that it was on a short leash. It's not a hockey mm-hmm. state. Florida's not a hockey state, so Tampa's not a hockey city. Um, they went They went all in. They went all in on a hockey thing. Um, rave reviews from the NCAA. They went back within three years. They said, this is great. We're going to make Tampa uh, a college hockey town. Um, so I wanted, I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. I, we would love to go. Yeah. I, we could st- stay somewhere cheap. Um, although I will say I haven't been following Boston College hockey as closely as I, I have in the past. Yeah, you know, I haven't followed them that closely this year, but I have followed them recently and watched their, their two games, uh, their first and second round games to advance to the Frozen Four. And man, this team is good. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I knew I was hearing Thatcher stories Demko's. about them. Yeah, I mean, I, the top of this lineup from goalie, you know, defenseman and forwards, the top end is phenomenal on this team. Thatcher Demko is the best BC goalie that I've watched. Same, um, hands down. I mean, and we've I mean, seen this, some good ones. We've seen a lot of good ones. I mean, Corey Snyder from before we went to BC. I remember watching him. Uh, and then you had John Mews, Mews at the beginning of our BC time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Parker Milner was there for a while. He was pretty good. We've had a lot of good BC goalies. Um, the, Thatcher Demko is hands down the best one I've seen. Uh, so he he was phenomenal. He won the uh, the most valuable player of that regional uh, part of the tournament, I believe. Um, but then also you've got BC's first line in particular, which is very very impressive. Alex Tuck, uh, Colin White, and Ryan Fitzgerald. Uh, Fitzgerald being a Bruins draft pick for those of you Bruins fans out there. That 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 uh, trio phenomenally impressive in the two games that we watched. Um, big, strong, fast, and and one thing that we've noticed now with this BC team is that they've really bucked the trend from what BC hockey used to be. BC hockey for years and years used to have all these guys that were five eight, five nine, little, quick, uh, you know, Johnny Goudreau types. And this team has morphed. I mean, they have very few guys that are very little, quick, you know, shifty guys. Yeah, they have a lot of big fast strong heavy shooters i mean th- this team is a is a force physically uh and you know watching them i think that they're very equipped now I will i will say that uh quinnipiac is their next matchup and quinnipiac also looked very very good um so it's going to be a great frozen four i think but bc i will say this this is the best bc team that i've seen since we were in college at least um so do we consider go i mean i know we're, we've we talked try. about it but try if it's a if it's i mean you have to take days off work you do if you're going to go to the whole thing so 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 the the first round game is on uh the the semifinals are on thursday night um the finals are on saturday night so you we could you fly can go to the out finals. friday night so yeah fly back sunday the problem with it is that you can't buy the flights until bc wins that thursday game because you're not going to go there to to watch you know the other teams besides bc so yeah uh, but that's something we could play by ear, certainly. I think I think for all of us, we were saying, you know, after Easter happening, you know, taking two more days off, we're not sure about that. But, you know, just for the weekend part, flying out Friday night, if BC makes it, I'm not ruling that out. I'll say this. If you guys want to try to go, I can fly standby because I, I still mm-hmm. have flight benefits through my parents. We can try that. Um, which means I just show up and say, wait through the night. Wait through the night if there's yeah. any seats. With or the, first which, thing in the morning or if you first need thing to. in the game's yeah. at night on Saturday. So, hey, that... The BC diehards would do it, so I think we might have to do it. It was one of the best experiences, and we talked about it. There was a whole, it was the um, Frozen Sportacular, the Frozen (laughs) Four Sportacular, or whatever we called it, um, because it was that great. We we talked about it for a whole show because it was that fun. And and, and this would be that fun, and I will say one closing thought is that I've actually, the more I think we've talked about this a few times when you've asked me my thoughts on college hockey. 
I really believe that outside of any affiliations or team, you know, interests, I, I actually think that college hockey is a more exciting brand of hockey than the NHL is. I do. After watching these past few games, you know, I was home over Easter. I was watching the BC games and I was watching Bruins games. And, and you know, college hockey is really fast and energetic and much more open and high scoring usually than you see in the NHL. Yeah. And, 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 you know... I, Although we, it's slower. It's much it's, slower. It, it's slower. It's slower. In some, well, you're also being clouded by the bean pot. The bean pot was a very slow game. It was a one nothing. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we switched game. back between this last game, yeah, the yeah. BC one, right. and the Lightning game because mm-hmm. they happened to be on the same time, yeah. and it was true. There yeah. were no. It, it was very clear that yeah, those were professionals. Cause they were fast and strong. Oh, certainly, certainly, yeah. But but you see, you generally see more, you know, big hitting. You you see, you also see more mistakes, which ends up opening up the ice a little bit more. So, you know, they're different, but I think that college hockey is really exciting, and especially with this team. You know, like I said, one of the best teams I've seen in a while. And BC's first line, I'm saying, is as good as some of those Crider lines that we saw at Boston College. Wow. I mean, they're, they're no jokes, and I think I think we'll see that if we get to see them in the Frozen Four live or on TV. So all right, let's move on, because you, you could talk a whole, a whole night about hockey. a whole show hockey. on them. So. Yeah. Uh, all right, the last, uh, we saved the best for last, everyone's favorite topic, women's basketball. Um, so... <laughs> I'll let you start this, and then we'll. This, go this is this is real quick. So, so uh, Gino Ariema, the uh, UConn head coach, uh, head, women's basketball head coach, he's up in arms about people criticizing UConn. Specifically, for, Dan Shaughnessy. For Dan Shaughnessy wrote something about how people won't watch a tweet, uh, a tweet, uh, yeah, a tweet that has lit, lit the media on fire um, about how people won't watch UConn because they're winning these games by sixty points, and it's not an exciting thing to watch. And and Gino gets all offended by it, and I don't know if he thinks that he's insulting women's sports or anything like that because Dan Shaughnessy was very clear that he wasn't. Uh, I actually, Dan Shaughnessy went on the radio this morning on my ride to work, and he talked about how his daughters play Division One sports, and he's a big women's sports fan, and yeah. he has nothing against that at all. And and really the criticism is that UConn is beating people 90-30 to 30 in, in, in tournament games. Why would I watch that? So, you know, what are your thoughts on Gino mainly? Uh, Gino's, I think Gino's kind of a loser. Um, I think you might agree he's with that. He's a big loser. So let me, I'll, I'll say this. It's, there's two sides to this coin because Gino Ariama is a big loser. Yeah. Um, he goes, I mean, he, someone has to defend women's basketball and he does it, but he does it from a, a very high, pompous, like, pompous, like pedestal, mm-hmm. uh, which is not how you should defend it. You say, look at this team. We're the best team that's ever played maybe any sport. Like recognize. Instead, he's like, uh, he just like kind of ma- he like pouts and fusses and makes a big scene instead of like acting with class and saying, yeah. "Look what we're doing here." Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, I, I heard a stat that in his time there, they're like a hundred. And th- this is just an estimate, but I know the the second part of this fact is right. They're like a hundred and seventy and four, like a hundred seventy and four. And of the hundred seventy wins, every single one was more than 10 points. Yeah. They've never had a close <laughs> yeah. loss. They've never had a close win. Win, right. They've never had a win with him within 10 points, which yeah. is insane. Yeah. Um, even just by luck. Yeah. So yeah. they are rolling past these teams. The parity is, is a Zero. joke. Yeah. There, there's none. So, and he makes the, 
he made the argument that like Tiger Woods made the game of golf better when yeah. he was winning, but it's not the same. Not that's the same a, at all. I that's mean, an individual sport. It would um, all, it would also be the same if Tiger Woods had won all those tournaments after the third day. Yeah, w- exactly. which was not the case. I mean, Tiger Woods had some some of the most dramatic moments in in, in golf history you can remember of Tiger Woods with the yeah. with the ACL tear in that in that Masters or US I don't know US Open I think it was you know dr- dramatic down to the wire finishes that that doesn't happen as you yeah. just said that stat with UConn. It I mean, he he only has one. Um, weapon to use and like he's not going to say all right we'll start losing games by less points yeah. like he like the oh, only no, thing he, he can do is win every game yeah, by a lot of points yeah, like that's his only i can't criticize his actions like like i'm not no, there's nothing wrong with the way he coaches he's a phenomenal coach and he's got a phenomenal program and they're one of the most dominant programs in any sport ever no nobody's taking that away yeah the fact is nobody wants to watch it because it's not even close to being competitive. yeah and if and like, it's not his fault it's not it's his true. fault but if he's gonna like excuse my french bitch and moan about it right then do something else do something a little like difficult or, or i mean yeah. If if that's where you're yeah. gonna be, like then just be like, listen, this is what I do. We yeah. win every single game. That's my job. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna do. Instead, he 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 takes this stance yeah. that no one really wants to hear. Yeah, and it's tough to compare it to anything because again, all credit due, no other major sport team ha- has had the unprecedented success that he's had. No other team makes a run like this. And frankly, we wouldn't like it if they did. I mean, the yeah. war the Warriors this year are going to break the Bulls record. Imagine if the Warriors broke the Bulls record for the next 10 seasons. And yeah. they didn't and they didn't, they didn't lose a game. They didn't none of their wins were less than 10 points. Well, this is the reason why basketball kind of lost popularity within the past few years because there's because there's like three or four teams that could win, let alone one team that can win by at least 25 points. There's three or four players that yeah. can win, not even teams. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. embarrassing. Like yeah. any team that LeBron jumps on is a championship contender, yeah. which is great because yeah. he's unbelievable, but yeah, it, you kind of get sick of it. Right, it, it's it means like your teams have no shot. Yeah, and, and then exemplify that by, I mean, just to draw that comparison, the, what UConn is doing is way way more against parity than that is. I mean, UConn is the only team in women's basketball that ever wins. They literally never lose, and they win by by thirty points a game. It's like. So, so that's that's the reason that we're not watching you, Gino. It's not because we don't like yeah, you. Exactly. Or, or it's not because like we that. don't like you or women's basketball. It's yeah. just because it's tough to yeah, watch. I mean, exactly. You can't. Like, it's tough. That's why I didn't like March Madness. In there, that's the, the quote unquote biggest randomness of all time. Yeah. And yet, the best teams always win. So right. it is what it is. But at least there are multiple best teams. Yes, I mean, exactly. And, and that's kind of the big difference. So. Um, so that's it for sports. Lots of sports topics, um, but we've gotten through it, and I think that was a pretty good, uh, pretty good round of topics there that we had. So that brings us uh, into the final drive. Final drive. You ready to go? I'm almost ready to go. All right, I'll go first. You then. go first. So you can think about it. So my final drive is a prediction to get you guys ready and excited for the most outlandish thing that I'm probably going to propose on this podcast, but it's true. So the Celtics starting five next season. I'm going to tell you who the starting five is going to be, and then I'll tell you how it's going to happen. So two of the starting five are already on the team. That's Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder. They're going to start, uh, and they're, they're uh, fellow wingmen on this starting lineup. Uh, at shooting guard, it's going to be Jimmy Butler. At small forward will be Kevin Durant, and at center will be Al Horford. And so that sounds outrageous, um, but the Celtics and Danny Ainge have put themselves in a position where amazingly and jaw-droppingly, that's actually not impossible to happen. Um, the Celtics are loaded with these Brooklyn Nets picks, as we know. So they have the potential to win the lottery and finish in the top, potentially with the top pick or a top three pick. Uh, they also have Brooklyn, who is terrible in the NBA, uh, their first round picks in the following two years as well. 
So some, you know, recent speculation says maybe the Celtics use those assets, go get a player like Jimmy Butler on a bad Chicago team that could really use a rebuild and a quick jolt uh, to their rebuilding process. And then something like that would lure some big name free agents here, such as Kevin Durant and Al Horford, both free agents who reportedly both want to play together. So there you have it. That's the starting five next year for the Celtics. They're going to ship out all those draft picks, all the Brooklyn picks. We're not doing a rebuild with young players the way that a lot of people thought. Uh, still some young players in the mix, but there you go. Starting five, they're going to trade those Brooklyn picks, maybe Avery Bradley, maybe Kelly Olynyk, uh, and his and his odor. I sure hope gonna so. Going to trade all of them to Chicago for Jimmy Buckets, and then they're going to bring in Kevin Durant and Al Horford. Sorry to say they're going to have to release Jay Crowder. <laughs> they're going to have to get rid of him in a trade, and you're going to lose a bet to me. We do have a bet. Side note, Steve and I have a bet. I don't think we've mentioned this on the air. Uh, we have a side bet to see who will be on the Celtics longer, Isaiah Thomas or Jay Crowder. I bet Jay Crowder. He bet Isaiah Thomas. I realized a few weeks after that trade I might have made the wrong pick, but I still think it's close. Uh, Crowder has one of the best contracts in the NBA. I'll give him that. Uh, he's phenomenal, phenomenal contract, and that's the reason I made the bet. Just side note there. Okay, so final drive for me. Um, I was going to talk about a stu- stupid TV show, but I figured I'd use the time to uh, call out to our, Ooh, good our idea. listeners. Good idea. Uh, I'm going to call for guests. If you would like to be on the show, let us know. If you know anyone kind of cool, not even famous, just someone who has a cool job or someone who has something interesting to say, let us know. Um, we're not running out of guests, but we want guests that are kind of specific to things as they're happening. Right. Um, start a baseball season. I'm going to try to get my friend John Ryan Murphy, who plays for the Twins. Um, we have a few other people. We had. Um, we're planning on having Sahan on to talk college basketball, or maybe or pro basketball, or pro basketball as it comes in. Um, Rob to talk about wieners whenever there's wiener news, right. um, especially for grilled the BK grilled dogs. So, particularly, um, yes. if you have anyone who you think might be an interesting guest or if you would like to join yourselves, please let us know. We haven't called out for um, sponsorships in a while. We haven't mm-hmm. called out for guests. We haven't really made a plea to, to right. participate in a while. Um, so this is my place. So right. participate with us. Um, 16 episodes in, I know it can get kind of um, casual. It gets uh, by the book. So by now, we want to make sure that feedback is still coming in. Let yep. us know what you like, don't like. Keep the information Let flowing. us know if you hate Derek, love Steve. Either right. of those options. Vice, vice versa. Nope. Either one. Nope. Um, and if you want to be on the show, let us know. Like, like yeah. I said, we had we we'll, had our roommate on to talk about a hot dog today. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a lot of we'll, options. Yes, and we will put you in touch with our newest employee, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, Lauren, who's our special guest manager. Uh, we'll put you in touch with Lauren, get you booked, ready to get on the show, uh, or the person that you know who has a cool thing on their resume that would be good for the show. So yep. uh, you guys will make this thing happen. So yeah. uh, keep them coming. You are the reason we exist. We don't do this Literally. to hear ourselves talk, except Eric. Except for me. I do that. Yeah. All right. So that's all we have for episode 16. Can you believe it? 16 episodes. Happy Easter to everyone out there. Um, hope it was great. Coming up on Memorial Day. Have a beer and have an ice cream. So have a beer and week, ice cream. Episode 17. Later.